to another episode of the Good News Cast. As always, great to have you listening. Um, we just started season three of this podcast. We're not taking the se- season so seriously. I just have to input something into like, I don't know, iTunes or whatever it is for season. And so I decided, well, this feels like season three. Yes. So here we go. Um, so we, uh, yeah, we, we took a break a lot of the summer. If you are a new listener, um, you maybe don't go to our church here in Waco. I'm Colin Coates here with uh, the senior pastor of Redeemer, Jeff Hatton. Colin. Who only addresses people like that on this podcast. Um, That's right. Today, today for this episode, uh, we are going to, we're, before we hit record, we were talking about the idea that we think we're going to start structuring a lot of these podcasts with with varying segments. So typically what we've done is take a topic and we'll talk for 20, 30 minutes about that topic. Um, that's no no problem for two guys who, who genuinely enjoy listening to themselves talk. 30 minutes is are honestly... we're, we're not way even, too short. Dude. Yeah, we're not even done warming up it's yet. It's way too short. Um, um, but what we're going to do is is do more segments more segments, five, 10 minute segments, maybe two or three segments of podcast, just to kind of change it up. I think that I'll, it'll, it'll help us. I think in terms of, uh, of putting these episodes together in a way that's actually helpful. Like what kind of segments would we do? We'll keep our, uh, reviews, yeah, uh, right. which right now we're doing bar- uh, barbecue, barbecue reviews review. right now Good. we're doing barbecue reviews. And then right. when we going, when the debt, when our debt is too large from these lunch payments, yeah, at local barbecue joints um, that price their barbecue like they're a Michelin star restaurant. Yeah. We will switch to something else uh, cheaper. Yeah, we'll probably go back, back to, to cookies, cookies. Uh, or drinks or something or like beer. that. Beer, yeah. Devil's Advocate. We've done a couple podcasts before on Devil's Advocate where I just press Jeff hard on maybe something, uh, a theological topic, something like that, play Devil's Advocate. Those are fun. Actually, that's actually some of my favorite stuff we've ever done. We yeah. just uh, have never revisited it. Do that book reviews. Uh, so I think next week we're gonna do a book uh, review. We're gonna do a book review. I Good. think we're gonna uh, review Fault Lines by Vody Bauckham. Um, book reviews. We'll talk about a theological topic. We'll do biblical uh, commentary on a biblical text. Hmm. We'll talk about what's cur- what what we're curious about right now. Just yeah. what what's something that's kind of swirling around in our minds that we're curious about, whether in scripture, the church, culture. Hmm. What's frustrating us? And again, trying to pick stuff that's helpful. You know, the cookie we had today frustrated me a little bit, but that's not what's going to fill that segment. Got it. What's frustrating us? Tough topics, tough texts. And then one we're going to do today, which we don't know really the name of or even how to succinctly talk about it, but essentially like the Christian life, soul care, pastoral care, how the Bible uh, is working on our souls, our hearts, our minds. Yeah. So it could be relational ministry philosophy of ministry kind of more how things land mm, out yeah, lands yeah, yeah. boots on the ground yeah. kind of christianity an aspect yeah. of sanctification life change something like yeah, that yeah yeah um all right today we're going to do barbecue review we're going to do what jeff will often i think talk about call the sweat of the text is that yeah. right sweat of the text. The sweat of the text he's going to yeah. talk about what he's preaching this sunday and maybe give us a free gold nugget that may or may not appear in the sermon that's right and then we're going to finish with um, the segment that we can't succinctly summarize about soul yeah. care. And we're going to talk about rest yeah. and uh, and how we're thinking through rest right now, particularly with our church. The summer, in the summer, we really slow down. 
um, in the summer, and it's there's some the- theology behind it. Um, talk about rest, and uh, and then talk about uh, Jeff is always saying, "I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change the world. I'm here to change the world. I'm the I'm God's guy." He always says that when he comes into the office. I'm God's guy, <laughs> and so we're going to talk about what that means. All right. We went to Hellberg. Hellberg's really good. What'd uh, you think? Oh man, I loved it. Yeah, really, really good. So we we went to guests last week. I got the brisket, and then I got intentionally got the brisket again this week. Um, phenomenal. Um, and I got uh, turkey. I thought the turkey was incredible too. Some pesto turkey. Mm, mm, mm. Oh man. And then it had two uh, two different barbecue sauces. No, I only did the the standard. I didn't do the the one. Did you try that one? Both, yeah. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see what you thought of that. So my first thoughts are these two are, are incredibly comparable. Yeah. Guess and Helberg are very, very comparable. Yeah. Um I mean I even when it got down to the uh the ranch beans, uh really, really good. Um I do think one side you know, that would be, uh, guests would have an upper hand on is the cheese grits. Mm. I mean, there's a, you just can't beat those dang cheese grits. But so the barbecue, ah, it'd be very, very hard. Uh, in fact, I made a mistake. <laughs> I wanted a half a pound. I thought, said a third. For some reason, I had it stuck in my head that I would get more. <laughs> and then I came out and I'm like, oh, that's not what I... I wanted a little more. So just like last week, I was like, dang, should I eat a pound of beef? And this time I, I felt like I was a little short on the, because I wanted more. So that's a good sign. Yeah. I love yeah. the barbecue. Yeah. The brisket was fantastic. Uh, the turkey was fantastic. I haven't had turkey at guests, so I can't compare it. But if I was to rank these two in terms of just the brisket, um, I still would have guests slightly ahead mm-hmm. if I'm getting really, really picky. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, barely, yeah, barely. Yeah. Agree. Agree. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but totally agree. It's like, I can't remember what I gave guests. I, I can't remember like a nine yeah. point, whatever. Yeah. I'd give Helberg just like a point one um, below it. Yeah. So phenomenal. Super good. I got the brisket sandwich with chopped and lean brisket. And, you know, who knows, maybe like uh, brisketeers or like a barbecue people would be like, oh, that's a weird thing to do. But the first bite was like amazing. But I think the bread, I think the bread looked amazing. But as I kept eating it, I was like, I think the bread is getting into the way. Huh. Uh, like sometimes I'm not digging about the bread, but the brisket was like insane. I had both barbecue sauces. Their, their kind of classic one was very good. Yeah. I, I, I think Gus is... Uh, slightly better mm-hmm. uh, but uh and rudy's is better um their other one was a kind of like i think a more mustard yeah uh barbecue sauce it was good yeah it was, it was like good beer and mustard i think is what they it had in. very good if that's mm-hmm. like your thing not not totally my thing but it was still very tasty yeah um uh so so yeah I, the brisket sandwich was very the brisket was very good put guests a little bit ahead I don't even necessarily know why. It's almost like a gut question for like if if I'm gonna pick Guess or Helberg, I'll pick Guess. Mm. But if you tell me let's go to Helberg, I'll be like, heck yeah. Yeah. You know. No, I same thing. So yeah, interesting. So both both of us had Guess similar. Guess says their their barbecue is the kind Jesus ate. 
I guess I would say Helberg's again, like the disciples eight. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, all right. Which is one of the better. That's, that's pretty much, isn't that like your favorite, like advertisement? Oh yes. Brand catch all right there. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure if it should be (laughs) for, I don't know. Uh, barbecue Jesus. But yeah, the kind of barbecue Jesus ate. Yeah. It's just such like a, it's like a, it's, it's, it's saying in the most creative way possible, our barbecue is the best barbecue of all time, of yeah. all history. Like <laughs> Jesus liked our, you know, like the king uh-huh. liked our barbecue, right? I mean, it's just genius. It's just a hilarious. It's pretty good. Marketing, you yes. know? Um, anyways, uh, Helberg, very, very good. Yeah. Uh, Bring your credit card. Make sure you've got a deep line of credit. That's how you can afford it. Man, I'm it was slightly you. cheaper, yeah. by like a dollar or two than guess. Yeah, yeah. but man, but dude, what is it with uh, barbecue this, these days? I mean, honestly, I don't know. It's like going to a really expensive steak place or something. I know, and and you know what? I get it. Like whatever the brisket thing, like it's meat. You're getting a half a pound of meat, you know. Yeah. But the sides at least i feel like you know three dollars for mac and cheese it's a little bit yeah it's a little bit like it's mac and cheese yeah it's mac and cheese (laughs) like at a nice steakhouse yeah like a side of mac and cheese is like three dollars 350 and at the local barbecue joint it doesn't no but they can i mean i get it whatever it's business they can people are lining up yep so whatever there you go but it does deter me. I, I'm going to the majority of the time if I'm going to pick between barbecue and something else. A lot of times the price is totally going to be a deterrent. Without a doubt. Not that they care. There's like whatever. Calling. No, it's fact. Um. Super good. All right, let's do sweat of the text. Sweat um, of the text. What are you preaching on this Sunday? Uh, what text? And then just what are you seeing? Yeah, Whatever. so I'm preaching on Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. And, uh, yeah. Is that in the Old Testament or New Testament? That is in the New Testament. That is a letter of Paul. Um, and it's a really good letter of Paul. So you got Romans, everybody would probably agree that that's kind of like the, if not maybe the greatest literary work ever written and then you have uh, Ephesians would be a good close second it's really really good Paul has this habit in Ephesians of having these run-on sentences like where he just yeah he doesn't have a period and uh and two one through seven is one long sentence so it's a it's I think this is in uh chapter one verses one through fourteen it's one long sentence and that's the longest in the text. Then there's another one in one fifteen, I think, that goes on for a while. And then this one picks up in two one one through seven. So it's a yeah. And it interesting that when he gets in these run on sentences, there's a little bit of uh, well, a lot of especially in the chapter one. There's a lot of worship mixed in. There's a lot of uh, what we would say not just clear to the mind, but real to the heart stuff going on at the same time. And so. Uh, he even makes words up in here. So if if y'all grab the text and you were to look at it, you'll see, just jump down to verse 5, where it says that he makes us alive together with Christ. That's actually a, a verb that's not found in the ancient world. It's a combination uh, of a couple prepositions and uh, and two verbs. And 
and they can't find it. And so Paul made it up borrowing mm-hmm. from, uh, obviously the artifacts of the, the language, the Greek language, but this made alive together with Christ. Phenomenal. It's kind of the, almost the centerpiece, but it's not the centerpiece, which is interesting in this text. So if I was to kind of walk through some of the sweat here, one of the things that you would, that would strike you in reading this is that there's two things being really radically said. Uh, in verse one, it says you being dead. So you have this you being dead and it's in present tense. And so Paul is basically pulling you in to, uh, not only, uh, who we are when we come into this world, uh, but also a part of us that continues to stay with us, even as Christians, is just dead, hmm. present tense, dead. And that choosing a be verb uh, to where that's your your innermost existence. I mean, your, your condition of existence is death. Hmm. Uh, is really striking, but it parallels, and I didn't see it till I was looking at the original language uh, earlier this week. And if you go down to verse uh, four, though, you have the exact same thing, except now God being rich in mercy. So you have this, you being dead, but God being merciful. Uh, These two uh, cataclysmic cosmic existences, uh, one obviously that is everything, the other that is a tragedy, an absolute tragedy. Uh, so he starts off by uh, saying that we're dead and then just describes these realities of being dead. And so some of the things that have been very helpful to me, especially in the zombie apocalypse, is actually to grab that and take that, uh, that you have a, a physically alive but yet uh, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually dead creature. Um, and that is our life when we come into this world, that that is, uh, the result of original sin. And, and this dead, uh, talks about, uh, the realm of the dead, the walking dead, the course of the dead, the Lord of the dead. That's all mentioned in this text. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. So you got these two great beings being dead and God being merciful. Uh, And so after this little transition in verse 4, but God being this way um, makes you alive. So you have this, you're dead. He makes you alive. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pretty stunning Mm -hmm. and breathtaking. And, you know, it's like, well, what does that mean then? You know, what does it mean to be like made alive, but the fact that he links it as something that's done with Christ has now taken it out of our hands. So many times in a Christian life, even in becoming a Christian, there's this sense in which, you know, almost we don't say it, but conversion has a little bit of something that we're doing. Um, and in this text, it's, he makes the dead alive. Mm-hmm. And he did so um, completely, uh, definitively, cosmically with Christ. So when Christ rose from the dead, something happened that changes us. Mm -hmm. And obviously it has a a present history, right? We do hear the gospel and and that gets pushed into our present. But you can't pass over that. That's striking Mm -hmm. to me that God 
made us alive together with Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, he links it to Christ's work, Christ's resurrection, as being the cornerstone of anything good that happens to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that strikes me. And then he goes in and describes you know, the realities of being made alive, just like we just saw the realities in, what, five, six verses of what it looks like to be dead mm-hmm. or to be the walking dead, the zombie. Um, so it's, yeah, that would be some of the initial sweat, like moving towards a message. I'm not really, really sure yet. That'll start happening on Friday and Saturday. But uh, that makes me, it makes me think about, I'm sitting here thinking of some of like the the walking dead you use that imagery a lot. The zombie, when you said zombie apocalypse, people were probably like, you were like during the zombie apocalypse, they're like, what? Uh, use that imagery a lot of, of, yeah, we're born dead. We're born these like zombies. We're walking around yeah. living life, but dead. Yeah. And, um, and it, in it, and you know, and, and in that text, yeah, it's this single handed, uh, work of God to resurrect and to bring life. And it was making me think about, about, you know, I'm not like some, um, connoisseur of zombie movies and i'm sure there's all different you know there's all different takes on it but you know watch the walking dead and mm-hmm. world war z is like a top favorite have you ever seen world war z, yes. world war z with brad pitt yes just saw so good a couple weeks ago actually. really i think you're the one that told me to watch it it's so good yeah ty um, and i watched it it was those were fast zombies so i'm used to yeah. the walking dead zombies yeah. these were like the running dead zombies yeah. they were like yeah blistering fast like Usain Bolt. Fast. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, they're not like the slow walking. I didn't um, want to be in that apocalypse. I want to be in the Walking Dead apocalypse. Uh, yeah, but I was thinking about how the zombies in these movies. You know, like it's always the humans looking for a cure. Yeah, it's never the zombies. The zombies are unaware. That's they so are true. unaware that they're zombies. They are unaware they're dead. Yeah, but alive. You know, yeah. like. It can't really call it life at all, but right. they're unaware that they're dead. They're not looking for a cure. They contribute nothing to the process other than absolute and utter resistance yeah. and aggression. Like they're not neutral in that. It's like if it's always the humans looking for a cure, but then even to administer it requires, you know, like you're going to be aggressive towards me in this. I have good news for you, but you are actually going to hate it. Yeah until you receive the cure right (laughs) um and and so anyway it's making me think of that that it's like a a lot of times conversion is talked about in this kind of um yes we're dead but you know i'll kind of be god will kind of uh some grace plus some of my ability to make the right decision you combine these things and that no um, again, like a zombie literally thinks this human is, I'm going to fight them, uh, be aggressive towards them. They're going to inject this cure into me. And all of a sudden I'm going to be alive. Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, um, whoa, yeah. whoa, I'm alive. And I, now I'm looking back and I realize I'm, I was dead. Yeah. I just now realized I was dead. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to hear the gospel and fight against it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was life to me. What happened? God. Yeah. God happened. God's resurrecting power is Ephesians 2. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Pretty amazing. So he he made us alive with Christ. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, absolutely powerful. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's something else I was thinking about about this text and uh, when you were talking. So there, yeah, you have this dynamic of being, um, well, you come in being this way. You're not even aware that you are. That This text yeah. talks about uh, following, uh, actually being led around by a dark Lord. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a pretty scary like yeah. existence, right? And then again, in a in a moment in history, God reversed everything. In a moment in history, He He makes us alive. And again, by the Spirit through the hearing of the gospel, we uh, wake up to that. But it's so important to know that it wasn't uh, ultimately even our conversion experience is by where we became alive. This text is linking it back to when Jesus rose from the dead, Mm. that that's the source of being Mm. made alive. Mm -hmm. Um, That's pretty incredible. I know what I was thinking of. Uh, Yeah, we tend to think, even in this text, we tend to think that we're drowning, that we're not dead, right? Yeah. And Jesus comes in, and he's the Coast Guard, you know, the salvation, throws the life preserver, and is yelling out instructions either to swim or grab the life preserver. Mm -hmm. And that's generally, I think many of us, most of us, just how we think of how we become a Christian, uh, as opposed to this text is pretty clear that we're actually on the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're dead, and mm-hmm. he dives into the water, brings us off the bottom, brings mm-hmm. us out. He makes us alive. He actually breathes life into us, and and we come alive in the first sound we make of a living, breathing human being now mm-hmm. is faith. Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah, that's a radically different way to, yeah. one, to see this text, two, to, to really see what God has done in this incredible miracle of making yeah. us alive. Yeah, we're not turning, we're not born turning, uh, like when, when you get bit by a zombie and you're turning, yeah. and you know you're infected, you're going, you're yeah. hoping maybe I won't turn, someone help, that's not our condition. You know, the condition is we're turned, yeah. you know, like we've already, we've already turned. Um, all right. Any more thoughts on that? Swear the text, man. It's Good. Done. Because I wasn't going to let you have any more thoughts because we'll finish with, um, whatever this segment is. Yeah. So we need a good name. If y'all want to help us, we appreciate it. In the summer, uh, at Redeemer, things turn down for yeah. what a little bit, and we start and 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 things slow down. Uh, we rest by we kind of like ministries mm-hmm. things just things slow down. Uh, a lot of staff, pastors, you and my me, vacations are happening. The whole mm-hmm. deal. Um, this is not just some practical or pragmatic thing that's happening. I'll let you kind of talk about, cause this was happening before I ever came to this church yeah. and, and whatever. I'll let you kind of talk about maybe how that all started. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let you talk about how that kind of rhythm started yeah. and even just even biblically. Yeah. Why, why we do that. There's a couple things that struck me. One, one when I was uh, planning the church um, and thinking through uh realizing that we're going to set a rhythm, we're going to set even uh, a pastoral care, even a discipleship approach, just by how we set up the liturgy and the rhythm of Mm -hmm. the whole year. Um, And so are we going to set it up so that we're always at high octane 24-7 all year round? Is that real life? Uh, And obviously that's not real life. There's a Sabbath that's built in 
seven uh, one day rest even what god had talking about completing it at creation uh, but luther had this uh line where uh, he would lock the church on sunday night uh, they'd come to worship and then he locked the church and you did not want people coming back to church uh, he wanted them out into the world and and i thought that was so strange because the church experience that I knew up to that point was, man, they want that door open 24-7, seven days a week, and you, you need to be after it, right? Um, but in thinking about that, and then thinking uh, about rest, uh, and then another comment that made me really solidify it, and that was, there's a professor of mine, y'all heard me mention him many times, but at DTS, he, uh, uh, church history prof, but one day I asked him, and I just asked him how he was doing um, about two years into planning this church. And he paused, and I could tell he was turning his head sideways and grabbing his head like he does. And he says, you know, Jeff, God has been pleased to give me a ministry. Um, and I just remember getting off the phone with him saying, hey, what does it look like to be given a ministry as opposed to taking one? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so much of my inner drive in life and as a person and as a fallen person is to make things happen. Um, and I realize uh, that what Dr. Hannah was saying is that there's a different way to do this, a different way to do ministry, to where you don't, everything's not geared around trying to make something happen. It actually exists because something already happened. So what does it look like to do ministry and to set a rhythm of ministry and a rhythm of doing church and to set a liturgical calendar, so to speak, that's based on uh, a liturgical approach to the gospel and that you don't make it happen, you're doing it because it's already happened. What would that look like? Mm-hmm. You, you don't work for six days and try to enter into the Sabbath rest because that failed. Adam didn't do that. Uh, but we tend to think that that's, that's the way we're all living our life. We're all working six days trying to enter rest. Rest is, is out there to be achieved or accomplished, as opposed to the gospel says rest has already been achieved. It's actually now received. Um, so what would that look like? And I think the summer was a perfect way to instill at least, uh, at least for two months out of the year, we're actually going to at least try to believe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> try to believe that you actually work out of rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't work to enter into mm-hmm. rest. Uh, and you d- really don't make things happen. Mm-hmm. You actually, it's already happened and that's why you do things. Um, so every once in a while, the old ways creep into me all the time yeah. in a year, but I, I do know now every summer I'm going to be reminded, Mm -hmm. uh, the church is going to be reminded, uh, you and I are going to be in and out. So they're going to be reminded even on that. The staff are going to be in and out. So they're going to be even reminded on that. And then, Mm -hmm. and then everybody else is in and out. So they're going to be reminded on that, that we're, we're wanting everybody to actually Mm -hmm. enter into Mm -hmm. what's already been achieved and accomplished for them in Christ. And that's rest. And so do that. Mm Mm-hmm. It is really easy, for me at least, um, it's easy to, and, and I, I mean, I, I think that I see this in broader evangelicalism, whatever, um, 
especially like when it comes like church and church growth and church programs and the best way to do church and the best way to blah, blah, blah. I think it's easy to fall into a mindset that's very much like, like you said, we've got to make this happen. And I mean, I mean, in that in every way, all the way from the macro thing that you and I will make fun of, of like, we've got to change the entire world, you know, like (laughs) we have to make it happen. What is it? changing the whole world yeah. all of it you know oh. can we just start with like a city no the whole thing <laughs> dude can i just tell you man when when i was in a campus ministry that that every year we would go to this training and all of us from all over the world would be at this training and we'd get the same pep talk every yeah. year about yeah. literally changing the world yeah. and one day nancy came in to me and she goes when is everybody going to realize that it, it hasn't happened yet, that maybe that's not yeah. a realistic plan? Yeah, change the whole thing. Yeah. It's it's making me laugh just thinking about it right oh, now. No. Like the whole thing. Like who, it's big enough to yeah. say let's change a nation. Right. That's big enough. <laughs> right. You know, it's big enough to say a state. Yeah. But no, it's like, no, the no, whole we're gonna change thing, the whole world. all of it. Oh no, I I overheard a I overheard a pastor talking, welcoming a person on their yeah. team to, hey, so excited, welcome, we're gonna change the world together. And I, I again I woke up to oh my word. Yeah. Dude, I'm trying to figure out I'm trying to figure out not how to screw my three kids' lives up. Okay. <laughs> you can go change the world. Right. I'm trying to figure out how not to screw up my tiny world. Yeah. Um No, but the summer resets and I think the summer uh, helps and just these like, uh, intentional rest. Right. Um, mm-hmm. y- you know, and that's what the Sabbath is. It's this reminder that you don't make it happen. You don't do it. You don't save yourself. By yep. the way, you don't even sanctify yourself. You surely are not the one who's going to be changing the world. Trust me. You are not bringing in the new heavens and the new earth. Jesus Christ is doing that. Yes. Um, uh, it resets, and, and I think it helps me as a pastor and as a leader to go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Like, it, it doesn't mean you can't be intentional. It doesn't mean you can't dream big. Well, that, that I don't. The, this has nothing to do with that. Yeah. We are intentional about things, but we're intentional about things because of what's already happened, yes. like you said. We are intentional about things because it's already happened. We're intentional because the kingdom has come, the kingdom is coming, and one day the kingdom will fully come, you know, and we're not the ones who are who are going to be establishing it. Like I said, Jesus is going to come back, uh, with great, um, glory. So, uh, yeah, again, this is, this is kind of, uh, random, but, and I hope that our people feel that, you know, and someone mentioned to me recently that, that, that they do. And that's kind of what made me think of it, that I hope our people feel that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, um, you know, I can get out of this Bible study that I'm sick of being in just yeah. because we take a break from it and the, you know, and it's an easy out and, uh, and I can realize that I don't need this or I'm not going to change the world or whatever. And I can, re- oh yeah, I remember I'm not God. Yes. You know, I'm not God. God yeah. is God. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can rest. So, yeah. um, all right. That is, a that is it for us today. We will ba- be back next week. Uh, with some different segments. We'll probably, for fun, do a devil's advocate. We'll review Vody. I think that's how you say his name, Vody Bauckham's book, uh, Fault Lines. And then uh, probably another barbecue joint uh, review. And then maybe one other segment. So, uh, as always, guys, thanks for listening. Until next time. Boom.